Good morning. I thought worship was um, really, really good this morning, so um, ready to rock and roll this morning. I want to tell y'all, um, I'm going to jump right in because um, I want to give myself as much time as possible, but um, if today's your first day with us, uh, this is week five of All In, and we've gone through a bunch of things that it takes for us to truly be followers of Jesus Christ. See, so many people have been to church for so long, or maybe you've been a few times to a few different places, and the problem is, guys, that we've heard messages maybe our whole lives, or we've read things our whole lives, but what Jesus really called us to do was follow me, was just simply to follow him. That is what the calling we have in our lives, to worship him with everything that we can in spirit and in truth, to love, to do all those things, but we have to follow him in order to do so, and we've missed it. Um, we, we've taught you to say a prayer and, and just go live like you want to live. And so for that, we kind of look like a, a, just a mess in the church. And so the point of this sermon series was not to teach you how to play poker, although I do love to play Texas Hold'em. The point of the sermon series was to truly kind of teach you how to follow Jesus. And today, this message has bothered me as bad as any message has in a long time. And I've told y'all if you've been with us for a while, that sometimes messages keep me up at night or affect me, and this one has. And the reason that it has is because I believe this is an area in my life that um, I needed to push the chips in. And so I think that's the reason that I just felt kind of like there was a digging in it. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. I believe this altar is going to be full at the end of this message, and it's not because I think my words are going to be incredible. It's because um, I just think God's word is incredible right here. And um, I really, really, really believe that lives are going to be changed in the next couple minutes. And it's not going to be a real long time, but it's just going to be in the next couple minutes. And today's is on forgiveness. Um, Josh put a Facebook thing out, and I hope y'all saw it this week. And so we have two choices, and, and that's sort of what we titled the message is bitterness, bitterness or brokenness. And no one likes to hear the word brokenness because it's like, okay, I've got to get broken up. So that sucks, right? I don't want to do that. But the only other option is bitter. And listen, I don't know if the Lord gave me this this week or it's just what I think, but either way, I'm convinced that every one of you guys have been wronged in a, in a very strong way at some point in time. Like, I, I don't know if it, was, if it was your parents growing up. Maybe, maybe some of y'all were abused sexually or just physically or, or emotionally with words, verbally. I know some of y'all recently with a spouse your husband or your wife left you and you can't figure out what you did wrong. Some of y'all had some work things that happened in your lives that you got screwed. Let's just call it what it is. You got completely and totally wronged. Some of y'all throughout life, like if, if, I, if I ask each one of y'all starting with Sam and, and going all the way over here to Becca and each person in between, every person could tell me what happened or has happened just recently in your life. And listen, this is very important. Some of y'all feel like you've been done wrong by God. Like, God, how could you do this? How could you let this happen? I remember 15 years ago on April the 12th when my grandfather died, um, I had a couple family members that I'm very close to get so mad at God that they turned their back completely on him. And um, it, it took them a long time to, to get over that. And so here's the problem when we're wronged in our lives, and I'm telling you, every person in here has been to some degree or another when we're wronged in our lives and we don't give it over to God. 
And truly, and I want y'all to understand what forgiveness means today. Forgiveness is not saying with your mouth, I forgive you. A lot of times, let's be honest, that's bullcrap, isn't it? When you say, I forgive you, like you screwed up, but I forgive you. But in your heart, down in the depths, where only you know you, your stomach's churning inside and you hate them. You hate that situation. You hate them. And it is eating you up inside. And so here's the problem is, we as Christians, or you know what, I just think people in general, so if you're not a Christian with me this morning, hang in there with me because I'm coming to you. Uh, but we as Christians, we develop roots. And our roots are either found in the Holy Spirit because we trust Him, we follow Jesus, we go all in, and our roots are found in them. Or listen, for a lot of us, they're found in things like this, in bitterness. And so when, when anything happens in our lives, like I know there's some of y'all at home, and, and you don't understand why you're cussing, or you struggle with your profanity, and you wonder why that is. It is not a genetic problem. It is bitterness in your life caused by roots that have happened over the course of time that you've never given over to God. Most of the time, bitterness comes from the lack of forgiveness for a fellow person because they don't deserve it or because something bad happened. And so this is what happens is our roots in our lives, they don't just, um, they don't just stay there and the ground doesn't stay soft, right? Because I believe that the Bible clearly teaches us that this, our heart can be tilled up. That he stands at that door, but, but it's soil, and it's soft, but some people it gets hard. And listen, um, Weston's here, and he does um, concrete work. And if y'all ever want to work really hard, just go watch him work, and you'll sweat. And you'll feel like you're working real hard, because that joker works hard. He'll pour hundreds and hundreds of yards of concrete a day. If you don't know what that means, it means it's a lot of work. And so, um, but what happens is they put, like, calcium in it, and they'll put mesh in it, and they'll put a rebar when they're pouring a footer, and it gets harder and harder and harder. And listen, I want y'all to look at this. A lot of you guys, that's what your heart looks like right now. At one point in time, the Lord Jesus came in and softened your heart. And, and, and he stood at the door and he knocked, and you followed him and you loved him and you were excited, and something happened in your life. And instead of truly giving it over to God and going all in and saying, I want to truly forgive the situation, the thing that wronged me, It got hard. We used to use these for the flags outside, and it's concrete. And I'm just telling you, it, it's pretty hard. And so when you hear a message that's good, or you read something really cool in your quiet time, you're like, man, I need to forgive that person. It, it looks like this. And a simple shovel and a simple prayer and something quick, that doesn't cut it. It takes the jackhammer of the Holy Spirit to come in your life and really dig down deep and break up what you need. So listen, here's your two options this morning. You're going to walk away from here knowing full well that that is your life. That you are completely hardened. Listen, if any of you in here have been wronged by, by friends, by families, by a previous church, by anything else in your life, if any of you have been wronged, and it's unconfessed sin when it's unforgiven to that person or that thing. It is, it is going to end up like this, and most likely it already is. And so, you guys have two options. You can let yourself be broken. Or you can just keep being hard and be bitter and not really understand why you struggle the way you do. Can we pray, God, this morning, in the next couple minutes, I pray that you'll use the illustration of the concrete and the bucket and 
let us realize that that's just a picture of what our hearts look like. God, there are so many people. I am convinced people watching online and listening to this message and those of us in this room right now, maybe I'm the only one, God, but I'm just convinced it's almost all of us. And God, what I really think is it's what keeps us from really being used by you because we're constantly looking over our shoulder and we can't believe we were wrong that much. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear the difference between the way we were wronged and the way you were wronged and how you forgive us and how we should forgive others. And that's what we want this morning. We just want true forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. And so this morning, I want you to take your uh, pens and your note the guides out. And this morning, I'm actually going to give you the notes because last week I totally skipped them. So this week, I'm actually going to give you the notes. I just want to give you two ways that you can get better. Two ways that you can really go all in. Two ways that you cannot be bitter and let the Lord's jackhammer come in. So just two things this morning. Um, and these are reasons we don't forgive, but this is why we might at the end. Two reasons that we don't forgive. Number one, I've been hurt multiple times. And so um, the disciples, the disciples are walking somewhere and, and they get into this discussion again because that's what we like to do. People that follow Jesus, we like to decide who knows more about the Bible. And so we, we start throwing out these big words and Peter was really good at that. And he's like, Jesus, how many times should we forgive people? How many times? And the number seven always pops up because that's spiritual. So he says to him in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18, then Peter came up to him and said, Excuse me, Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? It's like, dude, that's a lot. And Jesus said to him, my version says 77 and yours may say 70 times 7. The point is a number that you'll never hit. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. 77 times. Again, some of y'all say, uh, if you have like, the King James or the NIV, I think it says 70 times 7. But the point is not 77 or 70 times 7. The point is, no, Peter. You're not supposed to forgive the person that wrongs you seven times or any number that you could probably possibly reach. You're supposed to forgive them unlimited number of times. And I'm just going to tell y'all, if you don't understand what it feels like to have this thought, listen, that person's wronged me, and listen, I've forgiven them and they keep wronging me, why should I keep forgiving them? They're full of freaking crap. I can't stand them. I hate their guts. And so you have the intentions of getting right, and all of a sudden, hardness creeps back over. You, like, you leave a place, or you leave a message or something, and you have full intentions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break the chains. I'm going to get right. I'm going to do this. And your ex-husband or your ex-wife says something to you that just puts you over the top. And they take the kids a little bit extra time and it makes you so mad, you just want to rip their face off. And hardness creeps back up. And, and here's why. None of us like to be wronged, period. I mean, I, like, we just don't, we don't want to have someone, for lack of a better word, screw us over, ever. But when someone that's close to us does it, it makes us so mad, we just want to punch them. And listen, if y'all aren't that way, maybe you're not alive. But a, a lot of us, we, we just want to, oh my gosh, I can't believe, I just want to. And don't you just know Satan just loves that? Because he's got you this close 
to the edge of really going all in and really surrendering and really being used by God to do unbelievable things. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. When I read the Gospels and I read about these 12 guys and then 11 because Judas left and then they added another and then the apostles and all these people, they were screwed up. They had so many problems. They were not these great theologians and great scholars that were being used because of their knowledge. They were jacked up people. Why did they change? Because they allowed the, they allowed the Holy Spirit more than anything else to become what was most important to them. And when they were wrong, and listen, none of us have been wrong like they were. They had the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ covering them. And when they were wrong, they didn't try to get vengeance and they didn't get mad. They said, you know what? They're doing what lost people do. And a lot of the time, that is who has wronged us, is people that don't have Jesus in the center of their life. And instead of, instead of thinking like this, I have an opportunity right now to love them in spite of them. I just think, you know what, I've been wronged again. I've got to say, I'm going to get even. And, and revenge is probably the thing that hurts us as bad as anything, is we have such a mentality of wanting to get even we never think that, oh, you know, those old bracelets, what would Jesus do? Those were cute. And I didn't like them because I didn't think people really followed by what the bracelet meant. I just thought it was a fad. Like, they really kind of made me mad. Because I love the concept. If we would really stop and listen and say, what really, no, really, what would Jesus do in this situation? How am I supposed to react? So last night, I don't know if y'all like Taco Bell, but... Um, I really like Taco Bell, especially the, um, the Cool Ranch Dorito tacos. Someone say amen if you like the Cool Ranch Dorito tacos. That was, I kind of heard like, but some of y'all must be hungry, but they're amazing if y'all hadn't tried them. So we have a Taco Bell close to our house, and I like to slide over because we can go the back way and never hit 29, and we can just hit Taco Bell up and we can get it. And the last five times, I'm not exaggerating, five times we've been to Taco Bell, they have screwed our order up. Bad, okay? Now, you can screw my order up, but you can't leave out the Cool Ranch Dorito tacos, right? Leave out the burrito. I don't care nothing about that nastiness. It's fake beans anyway. I want the Cool Ranch Dorito tacos. So last night, Leah was coming home from a little thing she was doing with the girls and whatever, and she, she said, what do you want to eat? And I was like, Cool Ranch Dorito tacos sound good. So she got the Cool Ranch Dorito taco box, right? And she gets home. She got one, I got one, and Laney got a little kid's meal. There was no toy in the kid's meal, no Cool Ranch Dorito taco, but the rest of the box, it's like having ham and no burger, what's up with that? And, and then her Cool Ranch Dorito taco box didn't have one either, because I would have stolen Leah's, I've been, you know, with love. So I, neither one of them had the Cool Ranch Dorito taco, five times in a row. I'm like, people, it's not that hard. Just put the freaking Cool Ranch Dorito taco in the box. And so we're talking last night. We had to put the kids to bed immediately. And Louie's like, I'm going back to here. And I'm going to tell them something. Tell them a piece of my mind. Y'all think Leah's nice because she, <laughs> she is most of the time, but unless she's talking to me. But like, she's like, I'm fixing to go up there. And I'm going to tell them. And this is what I told her sitting there. And I'm, by the way, if I'm the voice of reason, we're in trouble. But, <laughs> but I just said, baby, seriously, this is exactly what my message is about tomorrow. Someone screwed up. What good's it going to do if we go up and raise Cain? And dang sure they're not going to see Jesus. She's like, you're right. And I was like, 
Can I write this down? Because you just said you're right, and we might need this down the road, because that's amazing. But, like, seriously, that is a perfect picture. Like, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when we preach and then we don't practice, right? Because I'm good at preaching. I can, I can tell all of y'all what to do. But when we have opportunities to actually practice what the Word says and be doers of the Word instead of just hearers of the Word, we fail every single day because I want vengeance. I want right. I want what's mine. I paid $15. I better get two Cool Ranch Dorito tacos. Really? I'm going to lose my mind and drop profanity F-bombs because I don't get a taco, a taco, a freaking maybe horse meat in there taco. <laughs> Y'all read it too. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, who cares? It's a freaking taco. There'll be one today too. If I want another one, they'll still be there. We don't care about the gospel. We don't care the fact that in this community, there are 250,000 plus people just in Spartanburg County. There are well over 500,000 people combined in the two. I think there's 850,000 in our two counties. There's almost a million people. And we're right smack in the middle of it, right in this church. We're almost in Greenville County. There are a million people out there. Guess what we're worried about? A taco! Why? Because I don't want to be wronged. I don't care that people are dying and going to hell and that my call in life is to make disciples. That is what I'm supposed to do above all else. But I want my taco. And if that's all I think about, it's all about me. And my heart continues to get bitter. Why? Because I was wrong multiple times. They messed it up five times. I deserve to get what I'm. Oh, it makes me so mad. And we forget about Jesus in our lives. Jesus is only a part of our lives when we wake up in the morning because we give him five minutes. You're welcome, God. Maybe we pray on the way to something because we have a test, so we'll give God that because I need help. But God is never the most important things in our lives. And then we wonder, why am I getting screwed and I'm so mad? What if when we're wronged over and over and over and over again, what if Jesus is on our minds? And what if we let the jackhammer in our lives really take place and we're soft and we think, I have an opportunity right here when someone screws up to show them what happens when you let Jesus be the most important thing in your life because, listen, no one screwed up more than I have to him. Like, if you can really stop back and listen and hear what God's done for you and consider the mercies of God in your life, which is him giving you what you don't deserve, and, and what I deserve is hell. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, listen, that the wages of one of my sin, not sins, but one sin, I deserve separation from God because the only way to earn heaven is to be perfect. And so I deserve to go to hell, but yet, listen, God forgives me, and he doesn't even remember that I screw up. And you know you well enough to know we're all screw-ups. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And if any of y'all leave because of it, then you're perfect, and that's fine. My thought life alone should get me fired from this job. Just the way that I think when I drive down the road and I'm like, gracious, you're screwed up. God doesn't even remember it. He throws my sin as far as the east is from the west. He forgives me for everything, 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 and it blows my mind, but I want my taco. I want my taco. And so after Jesus says this, he tells this story to his disciples. And it, when I tell you what it actually means. Like it, it made me sick to my stomach when I was finishing last night. I always do my messages on Tuesdays. And then last night, and I kind of try to memorize them so I don't have to read my notes. And last night I did a little bit extra studying. And like I sat at my desk in my house last night and I was almost sick to my stomach because I realized 
the amount that I hold people in ransom because they wronged me compared to what God does for me in grace. And I realize why I'm bitter. Because I'm so much more worried about what you did to me than what he did for me. And that's all that matters in my life is what you did to me, not what he did for me. And so the second reason that I never go all in is because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They've wronged me multiple times. And, you know, for a lot of us, someone really screwed you over. I mean, listen to me. Losing my tacos was a kind of a joke, but it really did happen for the fifth time. But some of y'all were really wronged. Like, some of y'all were hurt really bad. Some things were taken from y'all, and they don't deserve it. And I want to be honest with you, they don't. You know, just looking at a worldly purpose, just looking at it from with world glasses on, they don't deserve it. But I'm going to tell you something. Um, you don't deserve it. And if any of you think you did deserve the freedom that Jesus gave you when you trusted him as Savior and you followed him, you said yes to him, if any of you think you deserved it, then you're not saved. I say that with the authority of Scripture. You are not a person that has followed Jesus if you think you did anything that was worthy of your calling, if you think you've deserved what he's given you, then you've not ever gotten it. Because forgiven people are changed and miraculously, you can't understand why he did it. I wake up every morning, and this is what I tell God, and I'm telling you, it's in my prayer journal. God, I don't know why you forgive me. And I don't know why you use me. But I'm not going to question you, and I'm grateful for you, and I just pray that you'll do that again. Use this screwed up man, if you will, to change the world. It blows my mind that all the things I do wrong and yet God loves me. And it doesn't change that he loves me. He loves me the same. And I don't understand it. How is his love that great? How is his forgiveness that great? Last week I mentioned that in order to, to sanctify the temple, they did 120,000 goats and 22,000 big ox just to sacrifice but when Jesus came, he was the sacrifice. You used to have to spill blood a certain way over to do the sacrifice just right. And guess what? He did that for you. And all we do is turn our back on him and we don't want his forgiveness. Or when we get it, we're like, you, 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 you owed me that, God. And you're welcome because I took it. <laughs> now I'm going to screw everybody else over. And this is what Jesus said. And I think this is so practical and powerful. Just listen to these words as we continue in Matthew 18, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one, of, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Let me stop right there. There were two different amounts in talents. One was a silver talent and one was a gold talent. If this were a silver talent, the estimate worth in today's market would be about $1.6 million. But most theologians believe it was gold talents. Gold talents were incredibly, incredibly expensive. But given his audience that were the disciples in the place that they were, almost always talents were in gold. If these were 10,000 gold talents, I just want you to take this in. You may want to write this down because this is the part that I got sick to my stomach in. $16 billion. $16 billion with a B. $16 billion is how much the servant or the person or whoever he was, that's how much he owed the king. $16 billion with a B. Okay, $16 billion to us in here is not even nauseating maybe. Like $16 right now, if I owed you that, I would be nervous. If I owed you $1,600, I would cry. 
$16 billion? Just kill me, right? Because there's nothing I can do. By the way, just, just so we're on the same page, if this servant gave $1,000 a day, it would take 4,000 years for him to pay the king off. So if that doesn't make you nervous, then you're not going to get there because I'm like, that's freaking crazy. If I paid $1,000, anyway, what if you made $1,000 a day? That'd be crazy. Anyway, $1,000 a day. He owed $16 billion. Verse 25, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all they had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, begging him, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave the debt. Now listen, he didn't say, okay, you can pay me back. Why? He couldn't. Impossible. Impossible. Like he was begging for something that could not be paid. The punishment could never be fulfilled. And the king said, you know what? Not only do I let you go and not be sold as a slave, I forgive you completely. You're pardoned. That is what it's like to trust Jesus as your Savior. That is what many of you have done. You said, you know what? The Holy Spirit just told me to follow him. And I want to do that with my life. Forgiven people like this that are really forgiven and they get it, they change. But a lot of us were the picture of this servant. We deserve to be forgiven. And this is how we react. And out of pity for the master of that servant who released and forgave him and forgave his debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. 100 denarii would be $1,500 in today's, in today's world. So you just got forgiven $16 billion, seriously, and you're mad that someone owes you $1,500. Does that sound like my tacos? $1,500, man, you freaking screwed that up again. I cannot believe that. $1,500. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. Can y'all hear it? Pay what you owe me. His fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He had just been forgiven what should have killed him. And he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave all that debt. You pleaded with me and I forgave it. I forgot it was even there. You should not have had and should not have had mercy on you, on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailer until he should pay all his debt. And obviously, he never could. And so, for the rest of his life, he would be in prison. So, also, my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So here's the deal. There's no one among us, in my opinion, that have not been wronged so deeply that it makes you so vengeful-minded that we just want to get right. No one. But God did more for us than $16 billion. Do you understand that? 
Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while I was still a sinner, deserving separation from God in hell, while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. And the blood that he shed paid the ransom that was my debt. I deserve eternal separation from God forever and ever and ever and ever. Not for my lifetime, but the king could hold me in jail in ransom for all time and forever. But guess what? He offers me forgiveness. He gives me the free gift of forgiveness. And this is how, this is how he wants me to go all in. He wants me to drop all the chains and all the things that are holding me back. And he just wants me to say yes to him. He just wants me to follow him and say, you know what, God? I'm so messed up. I've got all these things in my life. I did all these things. Can you believe this? I am so messed up. And God says, what things? God says, what things, man? I don't see them. For so many of us, I think our problem is we, we judge each other based on what we do for God. And God doesn't see those things. God sees what he did for you. God sees forgiveness in each one of you because you ask him to follow you. And that is how we are seen by a holy God, not by the things that you do for God. You know, giving an old lady coffee and helping her across the street is awesome. We do that because we're forgiven, but that is not what makes us forgiven. What makes us forgiven is that he shed his blood for each one of us so that if we would trust in him and follow him and say yes to him and ask him to cleanse us of our sin, he would give us free life. The problem with us is we hold on because we do it. No. And because we think we do it, when we have people that have wronged us, we hold on to it and we bag it up and we're so mad we can't believe they didn't give me my tacos. I can't believe she left me. I can't believe he said that about me so long ago. I can't believe he would take my name and trash my name through the mud. What did you do to God's name? What did I do today, this morning, to God's name? And yet he forgives me $16 billion. He doesn't even remember it's there. And I hold $1,500 in ransom and say, you can't have it back. What if I have the eyes of Jesus and I began to forgive like he forgives. What if I said, you know what? The people that have wronged me, I really hope that God can forgive them. And that for the rest of their lives, he can use them. And I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to hate them. I'm going to let them be judged by God, but not by me. I'm going to give it over completely to God and I'm going to let him use me like he wants to. But I want y'all to listen to this very carefully. He will never use you. He will never use you. If your life looks like this. And guess what? I can put on a show and I can tell all of y'all, I forgave those people. It feels so good. But in my heart, I'm still hardened. And for so many people, you need to let the Holy Spirit come inside of you and just start chiseling away at that hard heart. Because the only way forgiveness can happen is with shovel or excuse me the only way to get rid of bitterness is with shovelfuls of forgiveness I've got to get down to those roots and get rid of them and let my roots become the Holy Spirit and so when I see people I see people that deserve forgiveness not people that deserve being gotten even with I've got to start having the eyes and ears and mind of Christ 
the only way that can happen is if I lay it all down and say, Lord Jesus, I surrender all to you. Guys, it's raining like crazy outside. There's a smaller crowd than we normally have, but I believe God brought the people exactly that were supposed to be here this morning. And so this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm going to ask two groups of people to make to respond this morning. I want the first group of people that need to respond are the people that have never given over to Jesus. Because listen, forgiven people forgive people. And I think for a lot of us, we might have played games, but in our hearts, in our lives, honestly, we've never truly given everything over to Jesus Christ and said, I need you to save me from me from my sins and from everything I've done and I want to follow you with my life. That is what salvation is. Knowing that you've been a sinner, knowing that you deserve separation and trusting Him and Him alone to save you, that is salvation. So I'm going to give you the opportunity in just a second to do that. And then the second thing, as Travis plays and the band comes up, I want our worship to end this morning with brokenness. Because honestly, you have two options. You have to be we're bitter or we're broken and brokenness has to take place in my life every day because someone is going to wrong you today. And so I just want to give you an opportunity. I know it's a concrete floor, but I just want to give you an opportunity to lay down, lay down, kneel down, whatever you need to do and, and just do business with God because you've been wronged, but they deserve forgiveness more than I do from Jesus. I owe him more than $16 billion. It's so much more than that. And so the thing that was wrong to you in this life, just give it over to God, not really give it over to him. Will you bow your heads with me? Right now, what I want you to do is, is just pray to yourself. God, Lord, I'm a sinner. And my life is honestly worth more than $16 billion. The ransom that you could hold me, I don't deserve what you offer me, and that is grace and mercy and forgiveness. So God, this morning, I want to ask you to forgive me. I don't deserve it, God, but I want to ask you to forgive me of all the times I've wronged you, all the times I've held the nail and beat and beat and beat it in your wrist and ankle bones and crushed your head with the crown of thorns. God, God, forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. And I just pray right now that you will forgive me of my sins, Lord. I follow you as Savior. I give you everything. Just, just want y'all to look up. I want everybody to look. Here's where I want y'all to respond this morning. If you just said that prayer and you meant it in your heart, in just a second, I want you to respond by going back. We have some volunteers in the back and they want to talk to you this morning. They want to talk to you this morning. I'm not talking about rededication. If you want to rededicate, you're welcome to come down here and just lay it before God. I'm talking about you met Jesus. And I want you in front of God and everybody to say, you know what, that is me right now. That is me right now. I need to follow Christ with my life. If that's you right now, I just want you on the count of three. I'm going to count to three like I did on Easter, and I just want you to stand up. Say, you know what, Mark, seriously, I need Jesus. I believe a lot of people are going to respond in just a second. 
but this is for you. This is salvation. This is salvation. Today is the day of salvation in your life. You feel the Holy Spirit. Your heart's beating fast. Just do it. Be bold. Stand up. Say, I want Jesus. If that's what you want right now, I just want you to stand up. One, two, three. Stand up right where you are. Is anybody in here say, I, want, I need Jesus right now. I need him right now. I need Jesus right now. What about for the rest of you? If you want to move back, when people start moving, you move back. There's people in the back. You go talk to them about salvation. But what about for the rest of you? I'm just going to invite you to come down right now. If you don't come down, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that you're bitter. But I really believe there's a lot of people that need to do business with God. You don't have to kneel. You can stand. You can kneel. You can spread out from speaker to speaker and all around. You can, you can turn around where you are you want to it doesn't it's not like there's magic anywhere I just want y'all to come up right now and just kneel if there's things in your life if there's people that you need to forgive if there's situations that you need to forgive let's do it right now together like let's just lay it down so we can be used by God it is time for us to go all in and be forgiven people that forgive people so I'm just going to ask y'all right now come on get up and come out if that's you right now I just want you to get up I want you to come out and I want you to kneel down. Thank you. Who else needs to? Come down and kneel before God and tell him everything that you need to be forgiven for. 